Welcome to season two of the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, Charlene Light, and this season, I'm taking you on the greatest adventure of my life. I'm moving to Paris. I am a fearless coach and a soul guide here to inspire you as I navigate all things spiritual in the greatest city in the world, Perry. After spending a year tackling my fears at 40, I learned that everything that we truly desire and who we came to be is on the other side of our fear. Life gets to be as fun and miraculous as you dream it to be. So what are you waiting for? Let's begin. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Fearless Lady Podcast. <laughs> I'm starting this podcast laughing because I actually just listened to the intro and I don't know if you noticed, maybe this is your first episode listening, but I changed it. I changed the the second season intro because I was so like, and this season I'm moving to Paris. And it was like such a, <laughs> it was such a, it felt, I mean, I get it. I was excited and I'm excited. I want, you know, to share that, but it just feels like this other level and this other voice that I go into. So I changed it. And then I'm still kind of like cringing, like, I don't know, is that really me? Should I redo it again? (laughs) Anyways, I'm just going to leave it because essentially what I want you to feel is excited and like you're on this journey with me and that's that's really all I care about. And so I'm going to talk to you about, I'm going to talk with you, I feel like you're here with me, of course, in Paris. I'm going to talk to you about family and family dynamics and why it's so, like, there is just nothing that can bring you back to (laughs) all of your wounds, all of your, you know, your quote unquote, like just blocks everything as quickly as family does. And it's so funny because I've been listening to a lot of Ram Dass lately. And if you don't know about Ram Dass, you need to Google him. He's incredible. But um, one of the things that one of his famous quotes is, you know, you think you're all spiritual until you, you know, go home for Thanksgiving with your family. And then you realize like all of that is just blown out the window, you know? And it's funny because he was saying in one of his talks something about, because he was this really incredible, like he was a Harvard professor in psychology and um, Freudian psychology. And so he had this like very like highbrow, very successful career. This was in like the 60s. Um, and he he then got fired because he started to experiment with psychedelics. And he was kind of the start of all of that. And so, but one of the things that he said is when he went on this huge pilgrimage to like India and he really kind of became, he was really just became a seeker, a seeker of truth. Like, why are we here? What are we doing here? How can I be of service, you know? And he was talking about how now that he does these talks and he's got all these people coming to see him, that people will say to him like, oh, Ram Das, this, and oh, it's so great to see you. And then he gets very into that self-concept or that identity of himself, like, yes, I'm Ram Das, yes, I'm, you know, and like his voice will drop, similar to like what I was talking about in my intro, where he can feel that he is fulfilling this um, identity for people when they come see him. And he's like, and then I'll like go home with my family or I'll talk to my father, who's also this pretty like established, super scholastic, like really smart guy. And he'll say to him like, so when are you going to get a job? <laughs> I just thought that was so funny because here in one circle, in one community, he's really revered and people are dying to hear his every word. And he gets very, you know, it's very hard not to take that in and to kind of want to fulfill that role. And then on the other end, he can go home and his father will be like, when are you going to have a real job? You know, which I can very much relate to. Um, So I thought um, this would be perfect to talk about because I had just, uh, my, my mother just came to visit me and she stayed with me for a full week in my Paris apartment. 
which if you don't know, I'm here to tell you, Parisian apartments are small. That's just the way it is. It's all of Europe has, you know, small spaces because they're old, right? My apartment building is probably from the 17th century. I find it to be incredibly charming. Um, I have two huge windows that when you open them up, there's no screens, right? So it feels like you're kind of outside. There's a little bit of like a, a balcony effect, right? Um, I love my exposed, you know, ceilings. I love how big they are and tall they are, but yeah, it's small. It's probably the equivalent of like a 300 square foot apartment, maybe a little bit more, but it's laid out really nice. And as I mentioned in previous episodes, I love it. I walked in and I was like, I know I can make this a home Everything about it felt warm. It felt inviting. I love the area. I love that I can see Paris streets outside of me. I love that I can hear live music playing outside of my windows. I mean, I just, I absolutely love it. So obviously my mom's coming and I know, and I'm very aware that she doesn't really travel much, um, aside from the last few years, cause she actually has a boyfriend that loves to travel. Aside from that, she pretty much has stayed her whole life in the Valley, in um, Los Angeles, in San Fernando Valley. So we're kind of opposite in that way in terms of she doesn't... The only thing that she receives in terms of like how other countries live is from television and movies, right? <laughs> Which you know is not very accurate. So I was prepared that there was going to be a big culture shock for her, Right. So she comes, and of course, the first thing that she says and notices is how tiny, quote unquote, my apartment is and how, and yes, my shower is small. <laughs> and I don't know what it is about the Parisian showers, but you have to step up on, um, into my shower. So I had to literally buy a stool to get into it. And, you know, it's funny to me. I giggle every time I go into the shower because I also realize, like, this is not going to be my forever home. This is a beautiful, wonderful first home here in Paris. But eventually I'll have a shower that I don't have to step up, you know, climb up a couple stairs to get into, that it'll be big. You know, all these things. Like, I have a vision for my life. And and so for me, it's very, I, it's very um, cute and charming to have this small shower, right? Anyways, first thing she says is like, oh my God, this shower, it's so small and da, 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 da. You know, and she brings with her because she is somebody that wants to have her comforts all the time. She brings with her like so much stuff. I mean, literally within a day, my place looks like it's all her room. <laughs> and I have a very, I have a one bedroom. So I gave her my bedroom, my room, and there's a door and then I'm sleeping on my couch, right? Which opens up into a little bed. And so there is like a separation, thank goodness. But right away, I, even though I knew this, and this is what's so fascinating about all of this stuff is like, we can know what is going to happen. And then essentially it happens, but there's still stuff that we don't know. Meaning there's going to be feelings that come up regardless of how much we prepare in our minds, what it's going to be like, you know? So she has a tendency to see things in the negative perspective, right? I'm very much like, again, I'm giggling at how cute things are. And she's just like, oh, this, you know, your hot water, it just shuts off and it turns cold. Again. Well, don't take a 30 minute shower. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but, you know, she, everything is like very negative, skewed ne negatively. You know, it's not what she's used to. You know, every morning she's like wanting me to get her bagel and cream cheese. I'm like, mom, we're in Paris. Like, don't you want to try croissants and pan au chocolat? It's like, there's, this is the home of all of that, you know? And 
And she's just like, what? I just want a muffin. You know, I want a bagel. And um, so it was it was very interesting. So after a few days, and plus I'm sleep deprived because my couch is small and my legs are (laughs) hanging off. And my world is kind of turned upside down because I'm really kind of being in service to my mom and I want to show her a good time as anyone would, right? And I'm starting to get this feeling, this internal feeling of like frustration, annoyance. And now I'm starting to really snap at her. Um, and it's interesting because it's, I would say my parents are the only two people, and really probably my mom is the only person that I can really do this with because I know that she will always love me. I know that there's unconditional love. No matter what I say, what I do, um, she will always love me. Therefore, I can be annoying or I can be annoyed. I can um, raise my voice. I can get upset. I can get angry. I don't have to think twice about it. I'm not saying these are good things. I'm just saying it happens because I know that she'll always love me, you know? But the thing is, and I'm sure you can relate, is when we do these things, it doesn't feel good because you feel like, well, I feel bad. I look at my mom's face and I feel bad afterwards. Why did I say that? Well, I was annoyed. And then you go into this conflict of like, and this to me is what guilt really feels like. It feels like when you're in conflict with how you really feel and how you should feel. That's what guilt to me is, right? So, and we we talk about this all the time, like in session work and, and just, it only is really about, yeah, it has to do with pushing your very true emotion down so far that, and then, and then also feeling like, well, I should be feeling this other way. So you're constantly in battle with yourself and it's just an uncomfortable, um, feeling because you don't know what is true. You don't know which way to go. And also the thing about emotions is like it's energy in motion. So it's just staying stuck. So you're really not getting anywhere when you just feel guilty. Right. So I noticed some things, which is that when we're children, right. And we have a feeling about something and we start to express that feeling and right away get shut down. And we're, we're told like, oh, we're being too sensitive. Oh, that's not at all what you're, what we meant. You, you know, we internalize that and say, oh, I guess my feeling is wrong. My intuition, my, and we don't think this is a child, but we basically are trained to distrust our initial feeling about something because we're constantly told it's wrong, we're being too sensitive, that's not what we meant, or we're observing something. Let's say you're observing a parent or both your parents fight, and then you walk into the room, and they all of a sudden are aware that you're in the room, so they change really quickly, and they're like, oh, no, we're fine, we love each other, and you're like, what? Like, you feel so conflicted, because you're like, I saw they were in argument, now they're not, what is real, what is not, and so you're essentially being entrained to push those initial um, intuitive hits, like those initial feelings down in a way, and then as you get older and become an adult, you lose touch with how you really feel about something until these kinds of situations happen where you work on yourself, right? You do the inner work. And then also, you know, for me, I'm really aware of it when my parents are around because I start to realize that internal dialogue that happens, which is like, 
oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, you know, they didn't mean it. Like you start to talk yourself out of how you actually feel. But when you keep doing that, what ends up happening is you, you repress all of those feelings and they literally are just stuck in your energy. They're stuck in your body. They're stuck in your energetic field. And that's when things like you can snap for no reason at somebody on the street or you get angry about something um, because you feel really triggered because all of that energy wants to move through you, right? So I'm really aware of this. And it happened even when my father was in town um, where he said something and I initially just dismissed it because I'm like, it's no big deal. He didn't mean it that way. Why are you taking it this way? I'm like having this dialogue in my head. And then I realized, oh, wait a second. No, that, that did hurt. I need to address this, right? I need to allow this emotion to move through me. So I actually did a quick, um, I did a breath work um, to just allow it to move through me, to just honor that what I was feeling was valid. And so when my mom was here, I started to really become aware of like how much I was pushing down and how this wasn't just about this visit. This was about like you know, years and years and years of pushing things down and feeling guilty for, for feeling this way towards her. Because I know that she, she doesn't have a mean bone in her body. Like she's so sweet and kind and loving, but she does a lot of things that trigger me because we are so different and that's okay. Right. I understand that part of our karmic agreement, and I believe this to be true for all of us in family situations, for our, all of our families, is that we chose our family to work through these you know, higher lessons with each other. So the more that we expand, the more that we do this work, we are actually expanding our family and the people around us, right? And we all signed up for it. So <laughs> there shouldn't be any guilt, right? Um, so I... Anyways, I'm having this like dialogue in my head and I'm feeling really conflicted and uncomfortable, not to mention I'm feeling sleep deprived. And I, it hit me that, you know, we had seen a few people and she started to go on and on about how small my apartment was. I can hear her on the phone. And then she's telling them about the hot water, you know, on and on and on, negative, negative, negative. And it started to really hurt my feelings. It started to really hurt my feelings because I thought, you know, that may be... I started to take it personally, like this is my home. Like I love my home and it may not be a home that you choose, but you're staying with me in my home. You have to just accept the fact that this is what it is and we're fine, right? You have my entire bedroom and you've put all your stuff out, right? I'm sleeping on the couch. Like just be a little bit more respectful that this is my home instead of like kind of talking shit about it, right? So I had this kind of epiphany, like I just need to tell her that it hurts my feelings, you know? Because I think, and this is true for all of us, like nobody can read our mind, right? And part of my work, and really for all of us, is to be able to express how we feel, regardless of what we think somebody else feels, right? Doing it in a way that is self-honoring versus you make me feel like blah, 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 blah. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you say these things, it actually hurts my feelings because I love my home and you don't have to love it, but if you're staying here, just, just don't complain about it. <laughs> or we can joke about it, but I need you to understand that I didn't settle I didn't settle when I chose this place. I love this place and I'm making this the best home that I can. And, I, and, I, and you're my mom and I want you to at least see it 
the way that I see it to a degree, meaning just, just appreciate, just suck it up, you know? (laughs) So I'm having these thoughts or whatever. And this is like day, I don't know, three or four. And we are running around this city, going on the tour buses and going to this thing and doing that. And I mean, it's exhausting to be a tour guide to somebody as well. Right. And, um, (laughs) So I'm having all this epiphany and I'm thinking, you know, thankfully in the mornings she's sleeping, I was able to do my morning walks. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, great. I got a handle on this. I'll come back and I'll just allow, you know, whatever moment I'm ready, I'll just to like to share it with her in a very loving way. This is how I'm thinking in my mind. And again, we are always trying to plan it out in our mind. This is how it's going to go. It's going to be so great. We're going to make up and I'm going to feel happy and blah, 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 right? I come into my apartment and my mom's all frantic. She tried to plug her massage. <laughs> sounds so funny. She brought a massage, uh, I don't know, massage uh, stick holder. I don't know what the, the thing is supposed to massage her neck and make whatever. She tried to plug it into the converter in my kitchen and the whole thing blew out, meaning everything in my kitchen had no... <laughs> It didn't turn on the oven, the stove, nothing, the lights. And so I walk in and she is like frantic. I don't know what happened. I didn't do anything. I just tried to plug this massage thing in and the whole thing went out. And I was like, what, what, what? And I'm I'm kind of like getting a kick out of it because it is kind of ridiculous and funny. And then the other, the other thing is like, wait, this is not supposed to happen. This was not in my plan. You know what I mean? And so she's just frantic and I'm noticing how she is responding to feeling guilty about something, like maybe she did something wrong, and how much she's trying to cover it up by by avoiding, right? Like, no, no, you need to call, you better call, and you better do this, and did it, and I'm like, what, what? she's like telling me how I need to fix this thing, and I'm like, okay, you need to slow down, right? Because that's not how I handle things, right? And she's like, Why don't, I don't understand, why don't you call, Da-da-da-da. why don't you call the owner, why don't you call your manager? I said, I don't have a manager technically. I have a landlord, an owner, and there is a guardian of the building. Um, let me think about this, right? So I sent a message to my landlord or my owner, whatever, who should I call about this, whatever. And then like with five minutes later, she's like, well, did you hear back? I said, mom. And I got really I just kind of, I broke. I really did break. I was like, I raised my voice. I got angry. I was like, you need to calm down. You know, it's, oh, she kept saying, don't tell him, don't tell him what happened. And just say, just, I said, I'm not doing any of those things. Like, no, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with you trying to plug something in. Like it should work, you know? So as she's going on and on, then I, I snapped. Then she goes to the bathroom and then I hear her very, very upset. She starts to cry. And of course, I feel terrible to a degree. Now, I want to back up by saying a few things about this. I'm very used to this dynamic when something comes up. When something comes up where it's in a conflict, I'm very used to the other person crying, hysterical, and me comforting them. And then what happens? I'm left feeling like, well, I didn't, like nobody heard my situ, my my version of the story. I didn't get my feelings heard. I'm sitting here comforting somebody else. Like that's my go-to. Um, that's something I do very naturally, right? So I am aware of this dynamic as I go to my mom and she's upset, and I'm like, "Tell me how you're feeling." That was the first thing I said. Tell me how you're feeling. Normally, I would have said, "I'm sorry." 
I didn't intend to upset you. I would have started to uh, to take ownership of how she was feeling in that way. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but for me, that was not in my higher self. That was not what I was trying to move through. If I knew if I was going to move through this differently, I was going to first and foremost ask her, how are you feeling? Please share with me, right? Because I wanted the opportunity to also share how I was feeling so that we can work through it. And she did. And I was so grateful. And instead of saying, I'm sorry, I said, I hear you. I hear you. And I really love that because essentially that's what we all want. We all want to be heard. We all want to be listened to. We want to have, we want to feel like as long as I'm heard and listened to, you don't have to agree with me at all, but I want you to hear my side, my perspective. And so that's what I did. And so then I started to share what I mentioned, which was that, you know, I think that this whole time when you were constantly talking and complaining and negative about my place, it really hurt my feelings, you know? And then she started to get a little bit defensive. And so I said, let me just explain. And I did. I just told her the truth. I said, it's because I really wanted you to love this place. I really wanted you to feel the way I do about this place. And I understand that that's not, that's not realistic, you know? And so I accept that, you know? Um, And so we kind of got to this like really good place. And I thanked her for being able to share that with me. And, um, you know, we hugged it out, said, I love you. And I felt so much better because I realized that I kind of broke a habit or not a habit, but a a way of being in conflict with people, which is that instead of just automatically kind of taking, um, not taking their side, but essentially saying, I'm so sorry, um, and, and really comforting them, I took care of myself. I took care of myself and I was able to really hear her and have her um, and, and, and really say like, I get it. I understand. And also I feel this way, you know, and we don't have to agree about it, you know? And so I thought that was a really beautiful, um, moving forward and shift in our relationship. Oh, and before I did this, I, I want to bring this up cause I think it's really important. Um, you know, on the way, when I had this, before I had this whole epiphany, I was so frustrated. And normally I call my sister, right? And if you have a sibling or even a friend, right? The tendency is like when something like this happens, you want to call your friend and you want to kind of bitch and complain with them about what's going on so that you can all, that you can feel validated and you can feel good. I mean, it does feel good to do that. And I realized that I bond with my sister in this way about my mom. Like I tend to we both do it, right? We share these stories about my mom. We get frustrated and then we, we laugh and you know, we're sort of like, that's our bonding time is by complaining. And then I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like to, because first I know that I'm energetically, I'm enabling my mom to stay this way. If I keep, if I'm getting something out of it, which is, oh, I'm, I'm getting to bond with my sister by my, my mom acting this way, you know, and I don't want to do that. So I, I stopped myself. I did not call my sister and I said, no, I'm going to handle this. And, and so that's when we had this whole, you know, beautiful um, release and we were talking through our feelings. And the one thing that my mom said was like, as she was really upset, she was like, oh, now you're just going to call your sister and tell her, you know, that how much you, I annoyed you and this and that. And I was like, wow, she knew like, 
it's so interesting because she's never brought that up before, ever. And when she said that, and I knew, and I didn't do it, I was so happy. I felt like, wow, because we think they don't feel it, but they know. They know. It's all energy. And it, it was just so awesome because then it felt really genuine like to connect with her and be like, no, we sorted this out on our own. And that was really cool, you know? Um, so yeah, so, you know, family stuff, it's, it's so dynamic and complex and there's so much, um, nuance in it, you know? And I, I find that, you know, by the end of the visit, like it was, we did have a really great time. And I even said to my mom, like the last full day that we were together, I said, so are you ready to go back? I'm sure you're ready to go back to your home. And then she's like, well, not really. I was kind of getting used to it here. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was so funny. And so it really did kind of grow on her. And, um, and I thought, well, that was really cool, you know, because, Essentially, I think people's first impression or first reaction is always going to be like jolting because it's so different, right? It is different. I'm in a freaking different country. We can't even get ice with our drinks. That was like, <laughs> she's like, I don't understand why we can't get ice. I'm like, I know that's very French, um, you know. And it was just like funny to see it through her her perspective and her eyes, and then by the end of it, have her feel this shift where it was like, oh no, I actually. It's, it's been growing on me. I'm actually enjoying it. You know, I thought that was really cool. So, you know, it's interesting, this whole ride with, um, you know, our parents and our family and that dynamic. And um, it's just ever evolving. And I'm just so grateful that I have two parents and a wonderful sister, all of us that really do love each other so deeply that even when I, I know that I push I'm pushing them to shift, shift their perspective around what it means to, to be different and to not have like, like a traditional life. You know, I, I'm not married with 2.5 kids. I don't have like, you know, 2.5 dogs and a white picket fence. And I really, I've really pushed them to think like, wow, our daughter, our sister, whoever, this person is really happy being who she is without all these traditional ideas of what they thought is the only way that would bring happiness, right? And, and I really broke out of that. So when you break out of that mold, like you're also opening them up to a different way of thinking like, oh, maybe happiness isn't about those things. Maybe it's about being who you really are. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever say something like that. Maybe my sister for sure. We've had these discussions, but you know, I think that they see it, they witness it, they know it, they can feel it, you know? And, um, and then at the end of the day, it's like, I really stopped trying to prove it. I mean, I think I have, <laughs> I'm sure there's still a little bit of that always wanting, you know, um, your parent to, well, it's interesting. My mom actually gave me a birthday card. My birthday was in June, but the thing with the whole mail, to mail to France, it would take a really long time. And so she just kind of gave up. So she gave me this birthday card and in the card she wrote, you know, all these really wonderful things. And then one line that I really got me, which was, I am very, I'm proud to be your mom. And I just thought, <laughs> I'm getting emotional now. Like, I just thought that's like the best thing you can say to a child. I'm proud to be your mom. Like, that's so beautiful, you know? Um, 
And so it's little things like that that we may not be able to say it in words, and sometimes we can, you know, that really just, that's everything, you know? And, um, and to deny that, to say like, oh, I don't care what they think, it's just not true. And so there's a constant balance of that, of going, okay, I'm doing this for me, and I do care about that they, that they, I do care that they like it or that they are proud of me or all that stuff, you know, and that's okay. Um, but I'm still going to do the thing regardless. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that is going to be the end of this edition of The Fearless Lady. And I just want to say, if you enjoy this episode, please write a review. It really, really helps, um, you know, boost, uh, you know, iTunes will start to recommend it. Um, all these things, like it will just be really beneficial to get more people to this podcast. As always, you can find me on Instagram, on my website, you can, um, join my, my email list. And if you'd like to book a session with me, I would love to, to work with you. So that's it for this edition of the fearless lady podcast. We got Halloween coming up and two more months left of the year. I cannot believe it. It is crazy, crazy. All right. I promise I'm going to do more episodes before the end of the year. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Sending you love. Au revoir.